This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. Today's guest is one that I know personally, Becky Oswald. Becky is the Assistant Program Officer for Latin America at the National Endowment for Democracy. She's doing this after having been a Fulbright Scholar with the Department of State, along with other experiences such as having been a Legislative Fellow at the House of Representatives. She's going to share with us a bit about the work she does, how her experiences across the public and private sectors have led to where she is today, and how her passion for international work manifests itself in her career. So, let's dive right in. So, Becky, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the role you're in in the organization you work for? Sure, Adam. Um, First, thanks so much for having me on. Um, This is a fun opportunity to chat about what I'm working on. But yeah, so I work for an organization called the National Endowment for Democracy. It's the United States Congress's foundation for supporting human rights and democracy promotion abroad. So we function completely as an independent nonprofit. Um, We're a private institution, so we're not related at all to implementing foreign policy or anything like that. And my role specifically, I work within our programs department um, on our Latin America team. Um, So what that means is I'm a part of kind of overseeing the programs that are being implemented um, within the countries that I work on. Um, So it's a lot of keeping up to date on the politics of the country, developments, and uh, yeah, being really in the know with the organizations that we're working with and just trying to learn from them how they kind of see their country and the things that they have in terms of their vision for what they want it to look like. Mm. Yeah. So really internationally focused in that regard, trying to imagine that's got to be interesting, trying to yeah learn about a lot of other countries, their culture, things like that. Oh yeah, definitely. All of it is completely like internationally focused. All of our programs are abroad and it's definitely been a big like learning curve for me. Um, I've spent time abroad and in Latin America and um, feel like, you know, in my free time, those are the things I love to read up on. So it's been great to be able to have that as part of my job and just learning about like the histories of these countries, their governments and our history with them too, um, just for my own curiosity. So definitely very internationally focused. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's always great. And of course, the ideal when you're able to intersect your own personal interest with the work you're doing. That's something that is common in the nonprofit sector and great to hear that you're getting to do that in general. Definitely. I think a lot of us get into the nonprofit sector for that reason. Exactly. You know, we're all very like mission driven people and it's what we want to spend our time doing. So yeah, it's definitely, it feels like a blessing for me to, to be able to be supporting the mission. Yeah. And Speaking of sectors, I know that you've gone from the public sector to the private sector and back again before landing in your current role. So can you share with us a little bit about what you learned from that back and forth experience? So I worked on the Hill a little bit, kind of my first job out of college. And I think I had this idea of like that many of us do as young professionals, like, oh, I want to work within the system, even though in a lot of ways, maybe the system is broken, but I want to contribute to the betterment of that system. And 
it was really challenging in a lot of ways. And I enjoyed, you know, when you're there, you just get to meet so many people and you're exposed to so many different issues. But I did end up making the leap over to the private sector. And I worked for like a research and advisory firm because that allowed me to focus more on like Latin America. And I was contributing to a lot of our our work there. And so once I was in that for a while, I loved how efficient things were run and um, loved my team, but ended up getting an opportunity to do a Fulbright scholarship in Columbia. And so made the jump to move abroad and do that. Um, and then it kind of naturally led me to where I am now. I was working with an organization that was working on human rights issues and the Colombian peace process. And they were actually funded by the organization that I'm working at now. So when the pandemic started and I got evacuated, it kind of was just really lucky, honestly, that there ended up being an opportunity um, on the team that I'm working on. Yeah, and that's actually something I know that is definitely unique with your background. Of somewhat unique is that international experience you bring. And it sounds like from what you described earlier, that really fits with uh, the organization that you work for. Can, can you tell us a little bit about how that experience with the Fulbright Scholarship applies to the work that you're doing now? Definitely. Yeah. So I... I was in Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia, and it was a really interesting time because there was a lot of um, student-led national protests. And so I was also working with the university at the time, and so I got to learn firsthand from the students about these issues that they were so passionate about, and they wanted to make a difference in their country. And it was honestly really inspiring to see so many people get organized around specific objectives and really petition their government for for change. And so, yeah, I think that was that was really interesting to see just that part of their history. And before that, I had spent some time in Quito, Ecuador. I was doing um, just an internship there with other uh, municipality government. And that was kind of my first experience, like being abroad for an extended period of time. And I just, there was something about being abroad that made me feel so alive and so engaged with the world around me. And um, a lot of people told me like, oh, you definitely need to go abroad again so you can get it out of your system. And I was thinking, gosh, like, I don't think I can get this out of my system. I think it is my system. Like, this is something that I think, yeah, is a calling on my life um, to continue like working in that international context and definitely have a lot to learn always, but, but I'm just am fascinated by all the conversations that I get to have. And in my current role with people who, you know, are living in other countries and I get to not just read the things on the news all the time about what's happening there, but actually hear from people who are working in civil society organizations um, and who have some really diverse and unique perspectives on, on what's going on. That's, feels far beyond what you can just get from from reading the news. And I really appreciate that learning opportunity. Right. Yeah, definitely. Again, a, a unique one in that regard of just having so much international exposure. I feel like as Americans in general, we can kind of become so insulated and so just focused on American stuff and sort of our own way of doing things that we can forget about other countries, especially in areas like like you were focused on there, like Latin America, when we think of other countries, it's like, ah, yes, like Western European countries or mm-hmm. maybe China and the different things they're doing or, you know, wherever. Yeah. It's easy to, easy to forget about some of the That's smaller so areas. 
either either geographically or economically smaller ones. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that is totally true. And I think I feel that since for all of my career, I've been focused on uh, Latin America regionally. And it's wild because, you know, being I grew up in the D.C. area and um, so many people I grew up around and went to school with were from these countries or their families were. Um, but yet often when you're like watching just kind of mainstream media and stuff like that, they're talking more about, like you said, Western European countries and what are China and Russia doing maybe. But, you know, Latin America is our neighbors. We, we share the hemisphere and it's just a really rich culture and a region I love to continue learning about. But you're right. It doesn't always get as much attention as it should. Yeah. And I know you kind of mentioned there through that and a little bit earlier, just the work that you're doing and how that's something you're really passionate about and something you want to continue to learn on. So what would you say is if you have a sense of what you ultimately hope to accomplish through the work you're doing either now or perhaps through your career? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's something I've thought a lot about. Um, and I think for me, a lot of those core motivations do come down to my faith. Um, because for me, I kind of see, you know, I think we often separate like what we think is secular and what we think is holy. But for me as a Christian, it's hard to separate those. You know, I see my work as contributing to, to a bigger story. And um, I want to do that with excellence if I can. And of course, you know, we're in a world that is imperfect. I think we all can agree on that. And so nothing is going to, to be kind of, yeah, ultimately fulfilling on this side of heaven. There's always going to be something where we're like falling short, making mistakes, like things like that. But I think just if I had to summarize what I would want to ultimately accomplish in my career is um, being dedicated to pursue excellence um, towards causes that I care about and do that for uh, in a way that glorifies the Lord. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's something I can relate with there myself in terms of I'm working in the, the environmental field, the climate space, because I feel like mm. uh, one of the best ways to be loving our neighbors, both current and future is making sure everybody has a good planet to live on. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's something that can resonate through, even though it's funny how we, even in the nonprofit sector, those things I feel like can become separated because of the work mm -hmm. that we're doing or whatever different things like that but it's definitely good to uh highlight in the work that we're doing oh yeah i absolutely agree i think it's interesting like working with human rights programming specifically because when i read through like legally what are the human rights i'm like wow this is a beautiful attempt for humanity to kind of set standards about what is good and i think i see a lot of parallels in my own like faith values about how we should treat one another and care about one another's well-being and yeah so i definitely think that there are connections there in terms of faith but um but you're right i mean it's always people always come in with different perspectives about that and i want to respect that too right well i know that you've kind of gone over different aspects of the work that you're doing um but if there's somebody's out there that's hearing it and thinking that they're interested in getting involved in this international work what's something that you feel that they should know uh, i guess about the work they're doing especially if they're 
considering or if they're interested in potentially working for it as you're doing? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think specifically, you know, if listeners are in the U.S., there's a lot of U.S. organizations that do international development work or that do work like what my organization does in the human rights and democracy promotion space. And I think one of the big things to remember is kind of taking some responsibility for our history. And like the U.S.'s influence abroad has not always been a good one (laughs) in a lot of ways. And I think even in our attempts to to do good, um, sometimes we make a misstep and can cause problems. And so I think it's important to keep that in mind going into that sort of work and kind of trying to maintain that humility and willingness to to learn from others and others who are in the countries of the programs that you're supporting, like hear from them what their needs actually are and to ensure that we're adapting our processes to those needs. And we're never coming in with like an idea of, oh, based on my analysis, this is what that country needs. And this is how, you know, I think it's, it's easy. Like you were mentioning in the United States, we're such a big country and it's easy to be kind of egotistical and inward focused and working in the international space, you really can't do that. Um, And we have to kind of be able to hold the tension of being driven by a mission that we believe is good and that we're passionate about while also recognizing that maybe some, some things that our country has done in the past have not always been great and understanding how we can try to be a part of the solution for that by really listening to, to the people about what they need. Yeah, definitely needing to drop any sense of the sort of hero complex or savior complex in a way. Yeah. Coming in oh, yeah. and being like, ah, yes, you you need my help. Especially I know that that has different uh, implications historically and still in terms of like on racial lines and different kinds of things like that. Of just like, here's the, the white savior complex coming in and yeah. country kind of thing or just mm-hmm. dropping dropping money on a place and saying here's money uh make this happen <laughs> we think you need this or something mm-hmm. um, and yeah you're right it is a it's a tough history to look at in terms of the good that we've done in the world and then also the challenging aspects we've done in the world whether it's through different wars over the decades and different invasions or different kinds of things mm-hmm. like that definitely uh, a mixed history especially with america being a country yeah. that was built on originally uh us expanding into others, others' lands and kind of claiming it as their own. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Totally in agreement there, <laughs> for sure. I think that's something that I um, I do appreciate about the organization I work for. We're very demand-driven. Mm-hmm. So we're not, like, we're not implementing programs and we're not looking to finance, like, specific projects. People will come to us and say, this is my proposal for the program that I want to implement. This is my organization and what we've done already. And can you support that? And so I'm never going to tell someone what they can or can't do because I recognize like that's that's not my place. Like in a lot of these countries I've never lived in and I really trust the analysis of my teammates who many of them um, are from the countries that, that we're working on and um, and just really ensuring that I'm always in a learning process and leaning heavily on the analysis of the people who are still in the country. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. Again, learning from those that are there is more useful than trying to feel like you have the answers that you're bringing in there. I like that, what you mentioned there, the demand-driven, yeah, the kind of pull needs to come from those you're trying to help rather than pushing your help on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, if there were one thing, uh, either about life or work or any other area that you could share with your fellow young adult audience, what would that thing be? No, this is great. I think, you know, I think young adults, we contemplate kind of these big questions a lot because we kind of are in a life phase where we're making a lot of big decisions about where is our career trajectory going to go geographically? Where are we going to be? A lot of people contemplate going back to school, et cetera. And I think for me, um, one thing that has been really critical has been being able to ground myself in an ultimate truth that that then guides the rest of my decisions. I think it's really easy to get caught up in what do I do? What do I do next? Like, have I maxed out at my job? What's what's the next thing I should be applying for, et cetera. And particularly, you know, I live in DC and this city is very career oriented, very achievement oriented. And I think sometimes when we're constantly asking the question of what do I do and what do I do next? We sometimes miss the point. Um, we get caught up in in what is going to feel good next and like stroke our ego or things like that. But I think what's helped me and some good advice that I've been given is to ensure that I'm always pursuing um, whatever I feel like my ultimate purpose is and aligning my values and my actions to that. And so I referenced my faith before. And I think really for me, that is what it comes down to. And that doesn't mean that there's like a right and wrong in terms of like career decisions, but I think it's helpful to have something like bigger than ourselves to, to guide our steps. Yeah. Kind of a foundation to build upon there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's just about what I have for you. But if people are interested in hearing more about your story, maybe learning from you about the experience you have in these international countries, especially Latin America, what's the best way that people can connect with you? Yeah, um, I love chatting with people about career stuff and, and their interests. So I'm happy to have people find me on LinkedIn. My name on there is just Becky Oswalt. And like I said, I work right now for the National Endowment for Democracy. Um, so happy to pass that that link along and, and chat with people on there. Gotcha. Well, thanks for that. And uh, yeah, definitely thanks for taking the time to come on the show here and for sharing your early career story. Of course. Thanks so much for hosting and for doing this. I think it's a great effort, Adam. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, 